0: Good evening. If you will turn your Bibles tonight, First John. Excuse me. That's what I preached this morning. Still got it on my, got it on my heart and my mind. Turn to Mark chapter fourteen, if you will. The song that we sang earlier this, tonight, more about Jesus. I want to share something with y'all. I haven't mentioned it, other than to our pastor. Uh, I am enrolled in Bible college. If things go right, when I'm 80 years old, I graduate. You say, well, why did you wait so long? Well, I don't want to do it when I get old. Y'all pray for me. This Tomorrow will be the fourth week. I haven't been in school since 1965. Uh, I'm having a hard time, I, especially with grammar. I have forgotten what colons are, semicolons, punctuation. And Brother Bond all the time talking about tenses and all this other stuff. And I'm out in left field, you know. I I don't understand nothing he's talking about. But uh, I asked you if you would to pray. I know a little bit about the Bible here, a little bit about the Bible there, what I'm trying to do. I'm not going just to get a diploma or anything like that. I just want to bring it all together where I'll understand what God is trying to do with his people. Y'all pray, if you will, that I come to learn more about Jesus. Mark chapter 14, I want to begin reading here tonight. It's a long chapter. I won't read the whole chapter. Well, I want to begin reading in verse number twenty-two, Mark chapter number, Mark chapter fourteen, and verse twenty-two. This is dealing with the Lord's Supper here. And as they did eat, Jesus took bread and blessed and broke it and gave to them and said, "Take, eat. This is my body." And he took the cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them. And they all drank of it. And he said unto them, This is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many. Verily I say unto you, I will drink no more of the fruit of the vine until that day that I drink it new in the kingdom of God. And when they had sung a hymn, they went out into the Mount of Olives. And Jesus saith unto them, All ye shall be offended because of me this night, for it is written, I will smite the shepherd, and the sheep shall be scattered. But after that I am risen, I will go before you into Galilee. But Peter said unto him, Although all shall be offended, yet will not I. And Jesus saith unto him, Verily I say unto thee, that this day, Even in this night, before the cock crow twice, thou shalt deny me thrice. But he spake the more vehemently, If I should die with thee, I will not deny thee in any wise. Likewise also said they all. Isn't it amazing how many times that we'll put our mouths in gear before we ever engage our minds? I think Peter would have been much better off if he to give a thought to what he said many times. And I think we can say the same things. And they came to a place which was named Gethsemane, and he saith to his disciples, Sit ye here while I shall pray. And he taketh with him Peter and James and John, and began to be sore amazed, and to be very heavy. And saith unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful unto death. Tarry ye here and watch. And he went forward a little and fell on the ground and prayed that if it were possible the hour might pass away, pass from him. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible unto thee. Take away this cup from me. Nevertheless, not what I will for what thou wilt. And he cometh and findeth them sleeping, and saith unto Peter, Simon, sleepest thou? Couldest not thou watch one hour? Watch ye and pray, lest ye enter into temptation. The spirit truly is ready, but the flesh is weak. And again he went away and prayed and spake the same words. And when he returned, he found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. Neither wist they what to answer him. And he cometh a third time, and saith unto them, Sleep on now, and take your rest. It is enough. The hour is come. Behold, the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise up, let us go. Lo, he that betrayeth me is at hand. And immediately, while he yet spake, cometh Judas, one of the twelve, and with him... A great multitude with swords and staves, and the chief priests and the scribes and the elders. And he that betrayed him had given him, a t- given them a token, saying, Whomsoever I shall kiss, that same is he. Take him, and lead him away safely. And as soon as he was come, he goeth straightway to them, to him, and saith, Master, Master, and kissed him. And they laid their hands on him and took him. And one of them that stood by drew a sword and smote a servant of the high priest and cut off his ear. And Jesus answered and said unto them, Are you come out as against a thief with swords and with staves to to take me? I was daily with you in the temple teaching, and you took me not. But the Scriptures must be fulfilled. And they all forsook him. And they all forsook him and fled. And there followed him a certain young man, having a linen cloth cast about his naked body. And the young men laid hold on him. And he left the linen cloth and fled from them naked. And they led Jesus away to the high priest. And with him there was, there was assembled all the chief priests and the elders and the scribes. And Peter followed him afar off even into the palace of the high priest. And he sat with the servants and warmed himself at the fire. And the chief priest and all the council sought for witness against Jesus to put him to death and found none. For many bare false witness against him, but their witness agreed not together. And there arose certain and bare false witness against him, saying, We heard him say, I will destroy this temple that is made with hands. And and within three days I will build another made without hands. But neither so did their witness agree together. And the high priest stood up in the midst and asked Jesus, saying, Answerest thou nothing? What is it which these witness against thee? But he held his peace and answered nothing. Again the high priest asked him and said unto him, Art thou the Christ, the Son of the Blessed? And Jesus said, I am. I am. And you shall see the Son of Man sitting on the right hand of power and coming in the clouds of heaven. Then the high priest rent his clothes and saith, What need we any further witnesses? You have heard the blasphemy, what think ye? And they all condemned him to be guilty of death. And some began to spit on him, and to cover his face, and to buffet him, and to say unto him, Prophesy. And the servants did strike him with the palms of their hands. And as Peter was beneath in the palace, there cometh one of the maids of the high priest. And when she saw Peter warming himself, she looked upon him and said, And thou also wast with Jesus of Nazareth. But he denied, saying, I know not, neither understand what thou sayest. And he went out into the porch. And the cock crew. And the maid saw him again, and began to say to him that stood by, This is one of them. And he denied it again. And a little after, they that stood by said again to Peter, Surely thou art one of them, for thou art a Galilean, and thy speech agreeeth thereto. But he began to curse and to swear, saying, I know not this man of whom ye speak. And the second time the cock crew and Peter called to mind the word that Jesus said unto him, Before the cock crow twice, thou shalt deny me thrice. And when he thought thereon, he wept. Heavenly Father, I ask you please, Lord, to help me here tonight. Lord, may the words that cross my lips be the words that you have placed in my heart Lord, help each and every one of us that's gathered here in this sanctuary on this evening. Lord, focus our attention on what thus saith the Lord. Lord, we are needy people, and our need is found in the Lord Jesus. And Lord, I think that if we'll concentrate on what these verses tell us, we'll receive help in our lives. But God, most of all, whatever takes place, Lord, we pray that you'll be honored and you'll be glorified. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. I want to call your attention to verse number 72, where the Bible says, And the second time, the cock crew. I want to speak to you for just a little while here tonight on this subject. How many times will our rooster have to crow before God gets our attention? Throughout the Bible, all through the Bible, we find many accounts where God had to take... He had to go to extreme measures to get people's attention. God used some strange attention-getters to arrest the people's attention, to cause them to stop, to cause them to take notice. He startled some people with the appearances of angels. He bewildered others with mind-blowing miracles. He sent violent storms, famines, and even fire came down from heaven. He made donkeys to talk. He made the sun to stand still. He saved the unsavable. He loved the unlovable. And He changed the unchangeable. He ambushed Jacob with a strange wrestler. And he flabbergasted Moses with a burning bush. The Lord got David's attention with a convicting story from the prophet Nathan. Thou art the man. In the year King Uzziah died, Isaiah suddenly saw the Lord sitting on a throne high and lifted up. And you better believe Isaiah never got over that experience. God arrested the Apostle Paul on the road to Damascus with an extremely bright light. God arrested the Philippian jailer with an earthquake. And here, in these verses that I have just read, God used a rooster of all things to preach to Simon Peter. God used a rooster to get Peter's attention. And you know God's still using roosters today. He's using me here tonight. I'm a rooster. And I'm crowing out the truth of the Word of God. God uses the rooster of the preacher. The man of God crows the Word of God. He crows the truth. Just as surely as the rooster heralds a new day, the preacher heralds the fact that there is a God in heaven and we are subject to him. Every time the preacher enters the pulpit, he's a crow, the truth of the Word of God. This rooster was sent by God to preach a Pacific message to Peter that early morning. Every time our pastor enters into the pulpit, he's crowing out the Word of God. But like everything else, we become so used, so accustomed to the sound of the rooster crowing, that it no longer registers in our hearing. There in the community where we live, some of our neighbors have chickens. And when we first moved there, I heard every rooster crowing every time he crowed. But over a period of time, they are still crowing, but I just don't hear them anymore. How many times have we heard the Word of God being preached from this pulpit here and we just have not responded? We've come so used to hearing the Word of God that we no longer allow it to register in our hearts and in our minds. Coming home from work one morning, let me hold off on that for just a moment. I'm a rooster crowing out the message of God that He has sent our way this evening. But like everything else I said, many times we grow so accustomed to it that we no longer hear it. God uses the rooster of the preacher. But He also uses the rooster of providence. Do you know providence speaks to us? Providence is a message that God sends our way By what he allows to take place in our lives. What is providence? I could probably stand up here for the next two weeks and give you a lecture on what providence is. But to boil it down just so we can get a grasp of what it is, providence is the sovereignty of God in action. God is sovereign. He has a will. And in order to accomplish that will, He uses providence in our lives to bring about His will in our lives. One of the best examples of the providence of God that I can give you is my own testimony. Coming home from work one morning, several years ago, something fell or something was thrown from a bridge as I went under it. And whatever that object was hit my windshield right in front of my face. And it was only by the grace of God and the mercy of God that that object did not totally penetrate my windshield. I had glass all over me. I had glass in my hair. I had glass in my my clothes. I had glass all over the seat. But my glasses prevented. I had I had I had glass in my eyebrows, but my glasses prevented any of that glass to get into my eyes, which would have been terrible. But using that experience, I want to show you how the providence of God worked in my life that morning. Now I'm not. This is not totally true, you're going to have to blame Mr. Google. I am not a mathematician. But I looked this up, and I want to try to use this to give you an example. Now, we know that a mile is 5,280 feet, right? That morning as I was coming down I-85, it was my habit to set my speed at 68 miles an hour. That's, to, that's what I travel on the interstate is 68 miles an hour. That way, anybody that's going faster now, they can go by me. But more, more, more than likely, at 68 miles an hour, I'm one of the slowest people on the road. And I can get in one lane and I can stay there. I don't have to change lanes. I just, I just set it on 68 miles an hour. I go down the road and minding my own business. But at 68 miles an hour, I am traveling. You take... 5,280 multiply it by 68 and that'll give you 359,040 feet per hour. That's how fast I was traveling. One hour is 60 minutes. 60 minutes times 60 seconds is 3600 seconds. I am traveling 359,040 feet per hour divided by 3,600, and that equals 99 and three-quarters feet per second. Now, every second, at that that speed, I am am going 99 feet. If I had been traveling one second faster, that object would have fallen behind me. If I had been going one second slower... That object would have fallen in front of me but by the providence of god he had me traveling at 68 miles an hour at the exact moment that that object came off of that bridge and that object hit my windshield and that object got my attention boy god has to use some extreme measures to get our attention don't he god uses the rooster of the preacher he uses the rooster of providence God uses the rooster of the word of God the Bible is like a rooster in that it is a herald of the truth of the word of God he heralds the word of God just like a rooster every single day every time we pick up the word of God and every time we begin reading in the word of God God is heralding out the truth of the word of God it's a, the rooster of the preacher, the rooster of providence, the rooster of the Word of God, and the rooster of our conscience. What is conscience? It's that inner voice that God has placed within every, every single one of us. And it relates to moral goodness or blameworthiness of our own conduct and our own intentions, our character, together with the feelings of obligation to do what is right and good. In other words, it's God's watchdog over our souls. How many times have you, like myself, started to do something that we ought not to do, And our conscience begins to hound out that this is not right. We ought not to be doing this. But how many times have we poured water over our conscience, watered it down, and went ahead and done what we should not have done to begin with? God uses our conscience as a preacher that constantly preaches to us. Now, let me get back to the crowing of this rooster. What is so important about this rooster crowing? Well, for one thing, this was no ordinary rooster. This was God's rooster. And there are several things that this rooster's crowing tells us. First of all, this crowing was predicted Look in verse number 30. Mark 14 and verse number 30. And Jesus saith unto him, speaking to Peter, Verily I say unto thee, that this day, even in this night, before the cock crow twice, thou shalt deny me thrice. This rooster's crowing was predicted by the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, this was God's rooster. God had this rooster where he wanted him to be at the time he wanted him to be because he had a message for Peter to hear. Now, I'm sure that there was many other roosters in that neighborhood at that time, but God has shut their beaks up, and God allowed this one rooster to preach one message to one man. And you can rest assured, God singles us out many times as our pastors are preaching the Word of God The person sitting beside you may not be hearing what God has got to say, but that message is is geared for us and we need to hear what God has to say to us. The crowing was predicted. The crowing was persistent. In verse number 68, the Bible says, talking about Peter, but he denied, saying, I know not, neither understand thou what thou sayest. But he went out, into the porch, and the cock crew." It was persistent. Verse number 69 says, "...And a maid saw him again, and began to say to him that stood by, This is one of them." And he denied it again. And a little after, they that stood by said again to Peter, Surely thou art one of them, for thou art a Galilean, and thy speech agreeeth thereto. But again, to be to curse and to swear, saying, "I know not this man of whom you speak." And the second time, notice he says, "the second time," the rooster not only crowed once, he crowed again. How many times has our rooster got to crow before God gets our attention? You know, we've got a way of just turning things off, turning reality off. We have so many things in this day and time. I, there at the house, I've got earbuds I can put in my ears, and I can totally block out any sound whatsoever. I can put those things in my ears, and whether I am listening to classical music, or I'm listening to a preacher preaching, that is all I hear. And I'm afraid the devil has got so many things that he's using in this day and time that is totally uh, taking away any sound or any, anything coming from God, the devil knows what he's doing. And I'm afraid we allow ourselves many times to fall into his trap. That crowing was predicted. That crowing was persistent. But thank God that crowing was productive as well. Down in verse number 72, the Bible says, "In the second time the cock crew and Peter called to mind the word that Jesus said unto him... Before the cock crow twice, thou shalt deny me thrice. And when he thought thereon, he wept. There is the purpose for this crowing of that rooster. It was productive, it got Peter to where God wanted Peter to be. And when he thought thereon, he wept. In Luke. Luke's account of this experience. He says in verse 61, And the Lord turned and looked upon Peter, and Peter remembered the word of of the Lord, how he had said unto him, Before the cock crow, Thou shalt deny me thrice. And Peter went out and wept bitterly. This was an experience, I, i The Bible does not say this. This is purely speculation on my part. But I guarantee you, every single time after this incident, a rooster crowed, it got Peter's attention. I guarantee you, I don't care if it was ten years later, a rooster crowed, I guarantee you this, this incident came back to Peter's mind. I think we need to be brought back to some of the things that God's done for us that we have allowed to fall in this remembrance. The crowing was predicted. The crowing was persistent. The crowing was productive. But the crowing was for a purpose. It was to get Peter's attention. It was to get Peter to thinking. Verse number 72, it tells us, And when he thought... Now, there's something that we fall very far short on. We don't think. One of our biggest problems is we act too fast. We don't think about what we are doing. Peter would have, he would have saved himself a lot of trouble if he have kept his mouth shut and his mind open. And I think that holds true for every one of us. It was to get Peter to thinking. And when he thought their own, the Bible says he began to realize that all those things that the Lord had been trying to show him was for his benefit. Peter would not have had to go through all of this if he would had just been obedient to the Lord a little earlier. It was to bring Peter to his senses. Look in verse number 37 and verse number 38 of Mark 14. And he cometh and findeth them sleeping, and saith unto Peter, Simon, sleepest thou? Couldest not thou watch one hour? Watch ye and pray, lest ye enter into temptation. The Spirit truly is ready, but the flesh is weak. Here lies Peter's weakness, as does ours. As willing as we are in our spirit to do the will of God, we must realize that we still have this old nature to contend with, and it is a powerful force to deal with. Notice what Jesus says here in verse 37. And he saith unto Peter, Simon. Do you get that? He saith unto Peter, Simon. He doesn't say unto Peter, Peter. He saith unto Peter, Simon. Jesus had changed Peter's name to Simon. Why was this? His name was Simon Peter. Simon was the name he was born with. Peter is the name that Christ gave to him in Matthew chapter 16 and verse 18. Simon was his old name. Peter was his new name. Simon was the old nature. Peter is the new nature. And you can rest assured, all of us who are born again have two natures. And the one that we feed the most is the one that's going to control our lives. The crowing of this rooster had a purpose. And that purpose was to bring Peter to the end of himself. And that's what preaching is designed to do. Those that do not know the Lord, the preaching of the gospel of the grace of God is to bring that sinner to the end of himself. No one will ever be used of God until God brings them to the end of themselves. Now, this evening, I performed the duty of a rooster. I have crowed the message that God wanted me to deliver here this evening. How many times is your rooster going to have to crow before God gets your attention? In closing, I want to try to show you something that Luke brings out that the other gospel writers don't. Turn with me, if you will, to Luke chapter number 22. Luke chapter 22. Look in verse 54. Luke 22 and verse 54. Then took they him and led him and brought him into the high priest's house. And Peter followed afar off. And when they had kindled a fire in the midst of the hall and were set down together, Peter sat down among them. But a certain maid beheld him, as he sat by the fire, and earnestly looked upon him, and said, This man was also with him. And he denied him, saying, Mormon, I know him not. And after a little while, another saw him, and said, Thou art also of them. And Peter said, Man, I am not. And about the space of one hour. After another confidently affirmed, saying of a truth, this fellow also was with him, for he is a Galilean. I want you to notice right there in verse 59. The Bible says, and about the space of one hour. Just before this, Peter had denied the Lord twice. And then the Bible says that in the space of one hour, a whole hour... Had gone by and no one had confronted peter and i'm i'm sure peter was beginning to say i am so glad i've got through all of that but god does not let up i'm i'm so grateful that god does not leave us alone and it says here in about the space of one hour after another confidently affirmed, say another truth, this fellow also was with him, for he is a Galilean. you see, God kept on, and kept on crowing to Peter to bring him to the end of himself. And Peter said, Man, I know not what thou sayest. And immediately while he yet spake, the cock crew, and the Lord turned and looked upon Peter. Now Luke is the only one that brings this out. Luke tells us at the exact moment that the cop crew, the second time, at the exact moment that Peter denied him the third time, Jesus made eye contact with Peter. And what, what was in that look of the Lord Jesus? The Bible doesn't tell us. But surely, as we know the Lord Jesus, it was a look of love. It was a look of concern. And the Lord turned and looked upon Peter. For Peter, God crowed more than once. For me, I thank God that He crowed for me several times. God did not have to do that. But God was merciful to me, and that He crowed more than once. God gave me another chance. How about you? Has your roaster crowed this evening? If he did, what are you going to do about it? Are you going to ignore it? Are you going to put it off? God is merciful. He might crow for you again, but he might not. This might be the last time God ever speaks to you. How how solemn is that, Brother Barney, for God not to ever speak to us again? If he's speaking to you this evening, please, heed His call while He's near. I am so grateful that God in His mercy, His long-suffering, He chose to deal with me more than once. When I was around 12 years old, 13 years old, I made a profession of faith and I held on to that till I was 59 years old. And that morning on the interstate, when God dealt with me again, it was with mercy. He didn't have to do it, but He did. And I am so grateful for the grace of God. And I'm sure each and every one of us here tonight can look back over our lives and and see the many times that God's rooster crowed in our lives and we just ignored it, put it off. How many people are in hell today who just constantly put off the rooster crowing in their lives? Father, we thank You For the blessed Word of God. We thank You, Lord, for Your mercy and Your grace. We thank You, Lord, for Your long-suffering. Thank You, Lord, for putting up with us the way You have. Lord, I just want to praise You and thank You for what You've done in my life. And I pray for grace, Lord, that I will be able to live my life in such a way that will glorify You. Lord, get glory from us.